oh, those unsightly varicose veins. What to do about them? Well, here to talk with us about varicose veins, causes, diagnosis, and treatment is Dr. Mark Rudisil, Medical Director at Emory Vein Center at Emory Healthcare. Another in the podcast series, Advancing Your Health with Emory Healthcare. Here's Bill Klaproth. Dr. Rudisil, thank you so much for your time today. So varicose veins, what causes them? Most often varicose veins are a result of um, some valves uh, in the veins themselves that don't work properly. Veins should normally be a one-way street that carry blood out of your legs and return it to the heart. And these valves are what are what allow blood to only go one direction and prevent it from essentially falling back into the leg when you're upright. Um, when these valves don't work correctly, then some of the blood that should be normally emptied out of the leg literally falls back down into the leg under pressure, and it causes the veins to begin to dilate and uh, eventually for the leg to uh, swell or develop varicose veins. Do varicose veins then present a health risk? Generally not. Most of the time they are um, uh, treated because they cause symptoms, uh, either heaviness, aching, pressure, uh, burning, itching, heat, um, or on rare occasions they can uh, bleed or clot. And then Small varicose veins can can be treated for cosmetic purposes. Um, rarely, they, if untreated, will lead to some complications that will require treatment or be a health risk, but that's fairly unusual. So the biggest problem, then, it sounds like, is most people just don't like the look of them. I know that especially women hate the varicose veins, and sometimes they can get really dark and big. Sure, they they um, the the cosmetics of it are certainly a, a factor in the equation for almost every patient, but but a great many patients come in because they do in fact have aching, um, uh, heavy, tired legs, and, and as the veins get larger, their legs just start um, bothering them more. I, I say that they start barking at them more and. And they just become more and more of an aggravation. And it's that sort of constant heaviness and pressure that brings a, a lot of patients in. So then at what point should someone seek treatment? Should they wait until their legs, as you say, start barking at them? Or once they <laughs> notice them or they become more defined, is that when they should seek treatment? Yeah, it's an individual decision um, uh, for the patient. We can, I can see... Um, um, five patients which which appear to have almost the same veins and they'll all have different symptoms. And so uh, we really tell patients that whenever the veins really start to bother them, um, that's when they should come in for an evaluation. And that can be because of symptoms and aggravation and pain, or it can be the cosmetics of it. But um, just whenever they are have become irritating enough or bothersome enough to the patient that they would like to have treatment, that's really when they should be evaluated. If they're completely asymptomatic, not causing any problems, and the and a patient, frankly, is not bothered by their veins, then they really 
they, they probably don't need treatment and don't necessarily need an evaluation. Dr. Rudisil, why do some people get them and others don't? Is this a lifestyle equation or hereditary? It can be both. Other risk factors include being a female, um, uh, work or, or um, habits that have you on your feet or standing or even sitting for prolonged periods of time, uh, being overweight. A pregnancy is often a, a sentinel event that makes veins worse because of the extra pressure that puts on the veins. Um, just simply being older, uh, we have more varicose veins. So all of those are risk factors. And Dr. Rudisil, for someone whose legs are barking, how do you diagnose them? And then what are the treatment options? So the veins are fairly, uh, you know, most veins on the surface are fairly obvious. Uh, but as patients get more symptoms and as patients get larger veins, uh, it is more, it becomes more likely that they do have underlying vein abnormalities, what I refer to essentially as feeder veins. And that's the veins in which the valves don't work properly, as we discussed a few minutes ago. The way we evaluate that or test for that is fairly simple. It is a painless ultrasound testing in which we can um, take a look at the veins under the surface and measure how they function, whether they're flowing the uh, correct direction, and if there is reversal of flow, for instance. We can measure the size of the veins, uh, and and many of those um, uh, measurements can can tell us if if there's enough abnormality to warrant treatment of the inside veins in addition to the surface veins. As far as treatment goes, um, in very in a very general sense, the way you treat bad veins is to get rid of them. Um, the majority of the treatments performed today simply involve closing the abnormal veins by one mechanism or another. Um, veins on the surface most often are closed with small injections of a dilute chemical that irritates the lining of the vein and causes it to uh, spasm and scar down and close. That's called sclerotherapy. Um, inside veins uh, are larger veins and are, are closed in a variety of different techniques. Uh, most often nowadays using heat, we call that a thermal ablation, meaning heat to close off a vein pathway. There are some newer techniques uh, that include some of those chemical agents made into a foam and even essentially a medical-grade superglue that has now been um, approved to treat and close veins. Occasionally, big veins um, will also still do limited surgical procedures on. Many of those I do in the office, just under local anesthesia, but we call that a phlebectomy or a vein removal, and that can be performed um, at the same time as some of the other ablation procedures. So the lion's share of vein treatment is done in the office, I would say well over 95%. And uh, typically uh, procedures that are done under local or no anesthesia and usually are 30-minute um, procedures or less. And how often do they have to see you then? Well, it depends a little bit on the extent of their varicose veins. Um, if a patient comes in with quite severe veins on both legs, 
then um, uh, I may see them a couple of times in the first month or so um, to get the inside veins treated, uh, which is what we typically do first. If they have abnormal pressure uh, in some of those feeding veins on the inside, then we typically typically close those feeding veins uh, and then um, treat the surface veins um, if they need to be treated. And the surface vein sclerotherapy type treatment in our practice is, uh, is done about every other month. So the advantage of vein treatment these days, and one of the nice things about vein treatment these days, is that they're small procedures with without much discomfort and with little or no downtime. I suppose the one drawback from that is that they are small procedures, and it often becomes a little more of a process that may be um, as many as two to six visits over six or more months, depending on the extent of the varicosities. And you can get most of the discoloration and bulging in the more severe cases down? Sure. Um, you know, bulging veins um, are, in in many cases, um, actually easier to treat and get rid of than some of the smallest veins are. Um, as I said, I do think uh, I have, my practice has evolved a bit more over the years to to removing uh, the largest of the veins with some of those uh, phlebectomy techniques, but um, absolutely we can get get rid of the big bulging veins, and and we we would make every effort to do that for every patient. And lastly, Doctor Rudisil, when it comes to insurance, can you talk about coverage for treatment? Sure, most of our patients. Um, uh, are able to get their treatment covered. Uh, almost all patients that have significant symptoms um, will will have will have coverage by insurance. So whether that be pain, um, swelling, clotting, bleeding, um, whatever, um, it's really only the smallest of spider veins that we're doing um, purely for cosmetic purposes that would that would not be submitted to insurance or, or would not be covered. Mm-hmm. Dr. Rudisil, thanks for your time. For more information, please visit emoryhealthcare.org slash vein center. That's emoryhealthcare.org slash vein center. You're listening to Advancing Your Health with Emory Healthcare. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.